Pulpscast is written and produced by students at SUNY New Pulps. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of SUNY New Pulps. Welcome to Pulpscast, an original student-produced podcast from the campus of SUNY New Pulps. This is season one, covering everything from food to folklore. We hope you enjoy listening as much as we've enjoyed creating. Subscribe for new episodes and topics every semester. College doesn't last forever, but student connections to New Paltz don't have to disappear on the graduation stage. Today, we're catching up with two alums, talking about their experience as students and professionals. First, we talk to Chris Brown. A New Paltz grad and now Director of Alumni Relations, Chris has a unique perspective on connections that can last a lifetime. We also talked to Fahad Ahmed about his time on campus and heard his advice to graduates on entering the workforce. Join Peyton, Caleb, and myself, Kira, as we learn more about what these connections look like as we gear up to graduate. Hello, Pulsecast. Uh, we're here with another podcast, and we're glad to be joined by Chris Brown, the Director of Alumni Relations at SUNY New Pulse. Chris, how are you doing today? All is well this morning. A little brisk out there, but um, I guess this is New Pulse. I'm used to it from um, years ago being a student here. Right. So, yeah. So, let's talk about you being a student here. Uh, I saw that you graduated in 1985. If you could tell me What's like one major difference you noticed from the campus from back then to now, if you noticed anything? More buildings. More, More bu- buildings. <laughs> yeah, I lived in Cape and Hall, so you could come from Cape and Hall to go to the library, and there would be nothing impeding from seeing coming around that curve. You could see the library there. Um, if you're walking straight down towards Shangle, you could see Shangle from, I guess, what is that, Scudder? Yeah. Yeah, you could see Shangle from there. Um, and all the, all the um, dorms that are now... Um, by uh, by past the past the gymnasium, mm-hmm. I mean Elton Gym. Then was Elton Gym. So now you have the athletic and wellness center that was not there. So a lot wow. more buildings, a lot more buildings. Wow. Okay. Well, uh, just one more question about it. Your time here. What's some of your favorite memories from your time on campus? Well, I mean, I made some lasting friendships up here. I came up here from. I lived in Queens, New York. I still live in Queens, the same house I grew up in. And um, my sophomore, well, my freshman year was great because everybody was new. And so I lived in third floor Cape and Hall, room 321, and met, met, made friends from, that lived in different parts of the five boroughs and also Long Island. And it was a good time. And then on my sophomore year, I pledged my fraternity, and that really changed. I pledged Kappa Alpha Psi fraternity. Um, back in the in spring of 1983. Wow. And um, so that really created some bonds that have, I still have those same friendships um, today with guys that I went to school with, pledged with, and then I kept coming up here for years. So I know guys from the 90s and the 2000s, and I'm still active in the fraternity and alumni level at home. Absolutely. It sounds like it. So um, speaking of bonds, that kind of ties in directly into how you're director of alumni relations, right? Because you keep these bonds and you kind of activate them when you need them and not only when you need them, but when you don't. So how did you come to be the director of the alumni relations here at SUNY New Pulse? I met the vice president of alumni relations and development, um, Erica Marks, years ago. Um, I had been invited up here for an event 
that was being held at the um, terrace, terrace, and then it was followed up by a, a theater performance. So my wife and I came up here, and so I met Erica, never thinking that it would lead into one day me actually reporting to her, because that's who hired me. But um, I guess about, about a year ago now, opportunity came up um, that they were looking for a director of alumni relations. And I said, what a great opportunity to go back and work at, work at the college that I graduated from. So um, I interviewed, it was a long interview process that may have taken about, almost seemed like about a month and a half to two months. And um, it worked out. They just they liked what they heard and they offered me the position. So here I am now back at my alma mater. Right, I saw that you were hired this past April um, so as you reflect on these past six months, um, how has the go- job gone? Like, has it gone as you envisioned it? Have there been obstacles or road, blunk, uh, road bumps? Excuse me. Has it been smooth? How would you describe it? Well, I would say in life, nothing's like you expect it. Um, so there was definitely a job description, but I will say that my job is that and plus more. Um, it's different being up here as a grown-up as opposed to a college student. <laughs> I will Absolutely. say that. Um, living up here um, in an apartment, that is really different than um, living in, in a dorm. I, down, I lived in Southside my, uh, sen- my senior year up here. But, um, you know, there's not, I can't say there's been roadblocks. It's just getting used to being a new kid on a block and being in, in a position that um, is very visible. Um, opportunities like today to interact with students is fantastic. But I also have opportunities to interact with staff and faculty and alumni. And so all that um, coming from a place where I also was a director of, uh, director of development, um, where we had, uh, say, about 3,000 alumni to a place now that has over 65,000, um, it is different. But it's, there's a lot of similarities, um, especially in the responsibilities. And my main responsibility is alumni engagement. So that's what my focus is, is on, create, maintaining and creating new relationships with alumni. Absolutely. Um, now, earlier you mentioned you were a noob, right? <laughs> you said noob, I said Calvin, but that's the right word. Right. Okay. <laughs> right. Listen, I'm familiar a little bit. Um, now, many fraternities are able to activate their network, like, you know, t- in the real world with jobs and on campus. Have you learned anything from being a member that you can translate to your job now? Oh, I mean, I, I tell you, um, Networking was not a word when I was in college. If it was, it wasn't something that was talked about quite often. But definitely being, and um, from from my perspective, not everybody feels the same way, but my perspective, it's been a great networking opportunity throughout my life. Um, and it started here. It started here on this campus. And um, while I was on campus, we visited brothers at other campuses. We visited people of other fraternities and sororities. We created those kind of bonds here at this campus. So it wasn't just Kappas. It was um, all the members of the Divine Nine that were present on this campus back right. in the 80s. So those relationships and friendships have continued. But it's definitely is significant. I've walked into rooms and met people that I know I probably would have never met if I were not in this organization. Um, but I think of any group... Uh, it, any group, uh, organization, a club that you belong to, those are opportunities um, to create um, a foundation of a good network when you move forward. So I think um, I chose to do the, f- do the fraternity, and I've stayed active all these years. And, and so I continue to meet people, and I can't say that there's a place I go 
anywhere in this um, country where I don't can't reach out to a fraternity brother. Uh, I've been been even in Hawaii, <laughs> and brothers who worked on the um, in the military were checking on me that I'd never met before, but people knew I was down there, and so they would check on me. So that's a that's a unique thing, um, something that I think um, I'm glad I, I continue to experience each and every day. Right, absolutely. Now, um, you talked about coming from a three thousand member alumni like network to sixty five thousand now, and you just talked about how you see people from all over. Right, I'm looking at the alumni, and I see that even on the council, for instance, there's people from Hawaii. There's people that live in Georgia, Atlanta. Now they live all over. How are you able to keep these people connected in this 65,000 plus or 64,000 plus, excuse me, member network? Well, definitely you can say 65,000. I'm sure it's more than that. Um, <laughs> but how do we keep them? Well, we, yes, we have a diverse alumni, alumni advisory council. And this group was established before I got here. And they are all over the country. And uh, what we've learned during this two years of being in COVID and to continually is that we can st- we, we can definitely use um, visual, um, sorry, virtual ways of staying connected with everyone. And so w- prior to me coming here, I understand that there used to be more meetings with the council in person, but now we've really switched to doing a lot more of our meetings all virtual. And this enables um, the contact to continue for, for me to um, um, be speaking to the council members and, and, and encouraging them to, to continue to engage alumni in their regions, in their states, in their cities. And um, so it's working. So, you know, in every in every tragedy, there's a civil lining. And so we are definitely, um, the folks of my age group and generations are definitely doing um, more social, um, virtual type of things than we probably would not have been doing. But um, um, as quickly as some of our younger generations, but mm-hmm. um, it definitely has contributed to my role here as a um, as the alumni relations um, director absolutely so speaking of that virtual element i was looking when i was doing my research for this well we were all doing research for this excuse me the new pulse alumni that official instagram it seems like one of the ways that you guys keep in contact not only with the students currently but that alumni that true right yeah we use um just about all the social media platforms instagram facebook linkedin to stay connected with alumni, to share with them what's happening at the school, um, and also to share with um, within share their stories uh, where they're at in their lives with alumni and also undergraduates. So the, these are um, great platforms, and also we have our own platform called the Orange and Blue Network. Um, if you guys are not on the Orange and Blue Network, you should register. Um, as of today, we have over a thousand registered. Um, users of the of the network, and it's definitely an opportunity, a further opportunity for undergrads to connect with alumni and alumni to connect with other alumni. But I, I was speaking to um, um, Joshua, the, the executive vice president, I think, of the um, student council, uh, student government, um, about when I introduced it to him, and um, he was able to go on, send a friend on there, and the person was able to get an internship, I think, within the same weekend and find jobs. So I I share with undergrads, especially those of you who are juniors and seniors, there are alumni on the network that have indicated they will be mentors. So all you have to do is just reach out to them because they've already um, indicated that. And um, there's opportunities, jobs are posted on the network. 
um, workshops, internships. Uh, so it's it's a great tool, and it's it, and it's exclusive, in, just to SUNY New Paltz alum and uh, undergrads. So it's it's definitely a unique place, and I encourage um, undergrads to stay connected with and alumni. Alumni have contacted me, and they've used the network to also within their careers. But all the social media platforms, LinkedIn, um, you may not see somebody indicating that they want to be a mentor, but you'll see an alumni who indicated where they went to school. And I, I always encourage folks, reach out to anyone that you see that may have a connection to you somehow. Maybe it's the same organization, the same same college, same university. What is it to ask if, could I have five minutes of your time? The worst thing you can say is no. No, yeah, absolutely. Right? So if you don't ask, you don't get uh, we're speaking with Chris Brown, the Director of Alumni Relations at CUNY Paltz. So can you explain a little more about the 40 Under 40 initiative? Well, you know, it's new to me as well, and so I'm glad you're asking questions. I, I learned about the 40 Under 40 event um, during my interview process. So what we, what we do, um, this will be our third um, time hosting the event in June of 2022. It's an opportunity for us to recognize alumni that are under 40 years old, where they're at in their careers, um, their, what they've accomplished, and it's, it's surely by sending nominations in. Um, anyone can send a nomination in. Um, you students, undergrads like yourself can send nominations in. So, some folks you may know within that, ain't, within that range, you probably know more than me. <laughs> and uh, we, we're actually our alumni do, do the same, our faculty, our retired faculty, um, anyone in our networks that um, where there was a your alum from SUNY New Paltz and you're under 40 years old can be um, nominated for um, for for this recognition, things like that. When you're when you're in that age group and you're you're really trying to navigate your field, and um, it it's it's good to be recognized. So, you know, even when the most humble people should be recognized because that's when. They would never um, submit their own nomination, but somebody observed that this person is really um, doing something. Hopefully, you three one day will be nominated as well. Yeah, let's hope so. So if you had the ability to snap your fingers and change or improve one thing about the alumni network, and that doesn't include funding or money, Mm -hmm. um, what would it be and why? Well, see, a a lot, and I'm glad you brought up funding and money because folks think, well, People in roles like myself, we're constantly asking for money and funding, and that's not what we we do. We, we we I like to look at it, at least in this specific part of my department, is we're engaging alumni. We can we, we're allowing them to stay connected with the college, with friends, with organizations. Um, what what you guys have probably seen a few years when you're out of here, you're probably going to stay closer in contact with the friends you made here, mm-hmm. and so. Um, and and you might see them more often than you walk back on this campus, but we want to. We also want to be part of that in that that relationship. That you're also um, thinking about the school as as you move on in your life. Um, if I could snap a finger, hey, I would love all 60, 60, um, 5,000 alumni to say I think about New Paltz every day and I want to <laughs> be involved. That would be fantastic. It seems like, though, they're still active because you said we may have seen that. I see emails constantly of 
former alumni that come in for workshops or they come in to talk to the students. Like you said, they're offering opportunities and internships and stuff like that. So it seems like you are doing a good job with the alumni. They seem to be very active. So um, let me ask you a question. Is there anything that we missed in this interview that you believe is very important that students should know about this alumni network? Well, I think just sharing that information that um, alumni, though they may not always be as visible sometimes, they are supporting um, the students currently still here, whether they be um, business majors, communications majors, IT, athletic program, that they're willing to support um, in, in multiple ways, in multiple ways. And, not, and, and, and you know, we, we highlight folks um, through our different awards, through the Heritage Awards and Alumni Awards, and now the um, 40 Under 40, but there are many people who shy away from being recognized and just are doing things because they have a love and commitment to the school. Right, absolutely. We all do. Um, Chris, I want to thank you for coming and joining us today. We appreciate all the information that you gave us. It was a great conversation. And I wish you continued success in the future, you know. Well, thank you, Caleb. I appreciate meeting with you guys this morning. It's a great way to start a Thursday morning. <laughs> and um, we'll see what the rest of my day look like because that's the one thing. I never know what my day is going to look like, but mm. it's, that makes it interesting. It makes it interesting. So I appreciate you guys inviting me to be part of this um, podcast this morning. We appreciate having you. Stay warm, Chris. <laughs> I will try. Fahad Ahmed is a great example of a successful alumni from SUNY New Paltz. Join us as he takes us down memory lane on his time at New Paltz and how it helped shape a career path he didn't see coming. He also dropped a few gems on how future graduates want to approach the workforce as they prepare to leave campus. We appreciate you, Fahad, for coming. Fahad, how are you doing today? I'm great, Caleb. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Um, let's get right into it. I, just to start off, what are some of your fondest memories here? Um, at New Paltz when you attended? Uh, so I would say my fondest memories were probably my days when I was sitting outside of Sojourner Truth Library, right at that bench uh, by the side entrance to the Quakenville Science Building. I commuted, Caleb, so I was a commuting student driving in from Wappingers Falls. Um, so I would also say probably, you know, fighting off all the other commuters to get the best parking spot so I didn't have to walk too far. So maybe those two things right there. I can relate to that <laughs> a lot. I commute. Um, I fight with people for parking every day. You know, this is a daily battle. Yeah. So I appreciate your support. Um, but you mentioned studying for chemistry and saw that you graduated with a degree in chemistry. So when you graduated... Did you have a plan to transition into the workforce with that degree or were you still up in the air? How did it go for you? Kim, I left high school. I graduated from Newburgh Free Academy. I know you're from Newburgh as well. And graduated from Newburgh Free Academy with the plan to become a dentist, actually. So the reason why I wanted to go, why I was studying chemistry was because science was a way in, to get into medical or dental school for you know, my particular uh, career path. I was not the best of students, Caleb. It took me a little while to get serious and 
you know, as I've shared and you may have read in some of the articles that um, I have, you know, been featured in, I actually failed uh, two chemistry classes at New Paltz, which was a big reason why I couldn't get into dental school, but was also a transformative experience in my life because it really taught me how to work hard. You decided to become an intern. Now, we know often internships aren't paid for, right? What motivated you or what what was the thought process that clicked you besides the money, obviously, that told you, listen, I have to go get an internship first before getting this job to get into the field that I want to get into? Well, you have to you have to remember, like money's not the only driving factor. I know like when you're coming out of college, maybe that's what it it feels like it should be. Especially if you have student loans, you feel like you need to start making a good amount of money to be able to pay off those loans or move out of your parents' house or, you know, whatever it might be. I think when you first start to realize that money is not everything, experience is everything, and your experiences, your learnings, those are the things that are going to get you ahead in life. Because if you don't have any experience, if you don't have any skills in outside of your degree, you're going to have a really hard time talking to people and convincing hiring managers that they should be hiring you. If somebody was to offer you an internship and you had no other job prospects whatsoever, take the internship because the internship, whether paid or not paid, is going to give you experiences. But you have to be able to humble yourself to say, look, if I have no other job prospects, let me go get an internship because I need to have experience. And as long as I have some experiences and something to speak about when I am talking to hiring managers, then I am actually in a great position. Right. Absolutely. That makes perfect sense. Um, now, let me ask you another question. You're talking about experience. You then transitioned from being in the healthcare field, not necessarily transitioned, but you also said, I'm going to get into the podcast world. Now that's without experience and all those things, you know, you were able to humble yourself again. Why did you decide to get into the podcast world? What motivated you to do that? I have always had a passion for broadcasting, for interviewing, um, being behind a microphone. In high school, I used to announce the high school games my senior year uh, at NFA. So, you know, I made a whole production of it, Caleb. Like, I would go and I'd bring like a boombox. You guys familiar with what a boombox is? Absolutely. So I would take this boombox with a bunch of CDs and I would go to and I would announce these football games, but I'd make it a whole production. So I put the microphone to the boombox, I play music, and I'd really have a lot of fun with it and really make quite of a show with it. And I really enjoyed it. And then I never thought that that was an actual place where I could do a job, right? It was always one of those things where I thought that a real job was, you know, around going to dental school or a health care administration or whatever it is. 
And so I kind of just let it be this thing that I dabbled in every once in a while. But so, so I've always had this passion to do something like this. And then just fast forward, when I got into Columbia Business School, I was running this program um, that was intended to help people get to get to know each other. And so I just thought, you know, what a great way for us to, you know, feature some stories of my classmates. Let me just do a podcast where I'm talking, my, my, co my, my, my classmate and I are just talking to, you know, like you, Caleb, and we're just having a 20 minute conversation. I get to know you and I put the episode out and classmates get to hear it. The school found out about it. They said, we want to formalize this. And then next thing you know, in the summer of 2017, I was pitching Columbia BizCast and it's been going on for about four or five years now. I'm listening to you talk and there seems to be a through line in your career, whether it be healthcare administration, whether it being an almost VJ on mm -hmm. MTV, or whether it be a podcast manager, it seems that you are trying to connect and help people in every walk of life you've had. Where did that come from in your life? Was that from your family, your surroundings? What led you to be that person who wants to help other people and connect them? I would, I would have to say that's probably instilled on me from my father. My father, you know, he passed away in 2019. He had a, a bad case of dementia. Um, but one of the things, as I always have thought about him, especially a lot over the last few years since he's since he's been gone, is how much he wanted to help people. And so, as I mentioned, he had, you know, that small appliance sales and repair shop, you know. Caleb, I'm sure that, you know, with friends and family, if people were in need for whatever it was in their home, that I actually I know for a fact that he would, you know, find ways to give friends and family, you know, if they needed a dishwasher or a washer or a refrigerator, whatever it was, he always just, you know, he found ways to get people what they needed so that they could actually have, you know, a, a comfortable life, especially in their home. So most definitely if i am carrying that through and thank you for noticing by the way caleb i appreciate that uh, it most definitely comes from him wow that's good to hear um i'm sorry for your loss um, thanks man i appreciate it and now let me ask you one last question is there anything that we missed um that you would like to talk about or is there any question that you have for us when you start thinking about what job you want to go after, right? what you want your career to be, don't have any restrictions to that. Okay? Okay. What I ask you, what I'll ask you, all of you to think about is what's your dream job? And when I say dream job, I mean absolutely what is your dream job? No restrictions whatsoever. My dream job is to be the on-field broadcaster for the New York Mets. Why? Because I love being behind the microphone and I love the New York Mets. Huge Mets fan. Huge Mets fan. So why I say identify and say what your dream job is, is because no matter what you do from that point on, you're always making a step towards that dream job. So am I the on-field broadcaster for the New York Mets? No. 
But am I behind the mic getting experience talking behind a microphone that maybe one day <laughs> an opportunity comes up and they want to audition and I go out there and audition like I had the auditions with MTV and maybe I'll have an audition with SNY and I'll get to be that on-field broadcaster? Maybe. But the point is, if you know what your dream job is, every single thing that you do going up to it is going to prepare you and put you in that direction. So. Let me say that first. And then maybe the question to you all is, what are your challenges? What are your struggles right now as it relates to trying to identify or what your dream job is and maybe find a job? Everything that you're going to be doing, including this, is getting you more prepared for that opportunity. Will you get there? Maybe. Maybe not, but it doesn't matter. Everything you're doing is moving in that direction and all of those things are gonna bring you more happiness, more joy. And if, you're, if you are happy and you are getting joy out of it, then look, like sometimes kind of come full circle from where we started, sometimes the money doesn't really matter that much. Thank you, Chris and Fahad, for sharing your experiences and giving students career advice. If you want to connect with other alumni, visit their Instagram, at New Paltz Alumni, and join the Orange and Blue Network. To hear more from Fahad, tune in to the Columbia BizCast podcast on Apple Podcasts. Thank you for joining us. This has been Kira, Caleb, and Peyton from the Alumni Desk. This episode of PulseCast was brought to you by SUNY New Pulse's DMJ 393 podcasting class. Special thanks to Ed and Gina Carroll for their generous support. We hope you enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed creating. Don't forget to subscribe for new episodes every semester.